God helps those who help themselves. I learned that very young in life. I was playing marbles with my brother Barry, three years older than me. What a smart aleck he was. And my mom called us to dinner, and I said, come on, Barry, let's clean this up. And he says, God helps those who help themselves, and he walked away. Well, I say it because uh, I don't want anybody getting sick here in St. Bernard's Church. Nobody, all right? That's an order. So stay distanced. If you can move to the center of a pew and increase your uh, capacity for distance, please do so, okay? There's room up here in the front, over here. Uh, you can sit on the floor. You can lie down. I don't care. But just stay distance from each other, okay? Please. Today's uh, scriptures are all about service, really. Even the second reading, uh, a little different. If you're doing this, don't do it anymore. If you don't doing this, do this. Paul is saying, it's urgent. Come on, get alive. Do it. Do it. Jonah was hearing the call of God to be a prophet. He said, uh-uh, Lord, you ain't going to call me. Because he knew very well that prophets often were not accepted. Often they were beaten up, driven out of town. Sometimes they were killed. So Jonah said, no, nah, I ain't going to do it, Lord. I ain't going to do it. He even got on a boat to run away from God. And God is like, really? You think you can escape me? So God made a big storm on the sea. And the other sailors said, what's this storm? There must be somebody here out of sync with God. And Jonah fessed up. It's me. So they threw him overboard. A whale ate him. But he didn't chew him up. And the gastric juices, that's the best part, it didn't dissolve him. So three days he's in the whale's tummy, and then the whale spits him up on shore. And God says, so you think you can run from me? You will be my prophet. Okay. So he ends up in Nineveh. And in Nineveh, he probably was saying, it doesn't say it in the Scripture, but he's saying, oh God, not only you called me to be a prophet, but the city, it takes three days to walk through it. It's so big. Oh, for God's sake. He doesn't even get through one day of walking telling people, repent. Turn away from your sin. You sinful people, repent. They heard him. Even though he had run away from God, God used him as a great prophet. And the whole city, all the way up to the king, put on sackcloth and ashes and said, we will change our lives. Now that, that is service. The story I don't get is the gospel. And this is what I don't get. I'm going to try and fill in the blanks because I think this is how it had to be. Um, I think usually they fished all night and, or in the early morning and then, and then they cleaned their nets. And cleaning nets was not a fun thing to do. They had to, each strand of the net had to clean it off so that the, that the moss and stuff from the, the sea wouldn't, wouldn't harden it. They needed nets that were real pliable. So they're cleaning their nets, working after having fished all night. And Jesus walks along and just says, come, follow me. And they do. There's no indication in the story that they knew him. There's no indication of the story that, that uh, they knew what, it, what he was about or what was going to happen. He just says, come, follow me, and they do. So I don't get that. I really don't. Unless there's so much mystery around this man, unless there was a sweetness to his voice that just was 
had to follow unless he had a, a visual thing that when he looked at you, his eyes arrested you and you just knew you had to do what he asked. <clears throat> unless there was such a mystery in him that something was, they couldn't put their finger on it, but they just got up and followed. He walked along and found two more brothers said, come. They got up, they, they left their father, they left their nets, they left the other workers, and they just followed. Hmm. Is it that easy? Can I come in the name of Jesus Christ and say, come, follow me, I need five deacons. I need five men to give five years of their life in training to become a deacon. Who will do it? I need uh, ten sisters. So go after your kids and your children, your grandchildren, and call them to be sisters. I need another brother. Brother Don isn't enough. I don't see any hands yet. Not even a one. What did Jesus have? Hmm. I heard or read about uh, three weeks ago that the number of nurses and doctors or percentage of nurses and doctors this year that entering school for, to become a nurse or doctor has gone up 18%. 18% in a pandemic? Who would say yes to becoming a doctor or nurse in a time like this? And tell me this. Why are there doctors and nurses that leave California and go to New York in its worst time and volunteer to go into the worst places where the pandemic is raging? Why would they risk their lives? It's crazy. Why do they have doctors without borders? And, and wealthy doctors, doctors who have a fantastic um, um, ministry and work over here and tons of clients and they even go to Africa to work in the mission for a month or two or a year. Why? Is it because, maybe, that we are hardwired deep inside us to serve? We are hardwired deep inside us to respond to mission. And maybe when the mission is clear, that's when it disturbs us enough to say, I got to do something. I can make a difference. I know when I was entering the seminary as a 15-year-old boy, I didn't even really know what a priest did, really. They came on the playground in their cassocks in those days, walked around and said hello. Um, I didn't know what they did. I knew they celebrated Mass and did the things in the church, heard confessions, but what their life was really about, I don't know. But, but there was something mysterious, uh, magical. There was something, uh, we always talk the mission. This man gave his life to God. This man has given his life to the church. And I heard that mission, that, that was like give it all to God, give everything you are to God. Now, go! Five in my class, including me, went to the seminary. I'm the only one that got ordained out of five. But they started and went through the high school seminary, left home. Wow. There was a mission. And I think the priests in the seminary always talked about the mission. They always talked about be generous with God. Give it all back to God. And there was something amazing about that. 
I wonder if applicants to the seminary are going to go up 18% this year, or if they already have. I wonder at this time of pandemic, when people more than ever want God in their life, want to feel His grace, that men and, and maybe one day the church will say, women too, come on, let's do it. All the other Christian churches, even the Jews, have accepted women rabbis. We're a little slow in the Catholic Church. But I wonder if we're hardwired to serve. I believe we are. I looked during this pandemic, I, I thought of it this morning, I got up and I, I'm in my room and reading and I look out the window, I see Mary, I think Mike, I'm not sure who it was, out there already at 7 o'clock. I knew that, that Michael was in here already setting up. I knew this music was going to come. Are you crazy people? What are you doing getting up at 7 during a pandemic and coming over and doing all this service? All these that are going to clean pews again after all of you leave? They're going to spend a couple hours here this morning just making it safer for you and me? What's wrong with them? I think we're hardwired. We want to serve and we want to make a difference. So today, what did we sing? Can you, without the piano, just sing that response that we sang? Teach me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your ways. Can I hear it? Teach me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your ways. Now make him hear it. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your ways. Are we hardwired for that? That he wants us to be like him, her, it, God, Yahweh? Is he saying, my ways are better than yours? My ways are full of mission and life. They will make you feel wonderful. Albert Schweitzer, I think he was a Methodist, I'm not sure, <clears throat> went to Africa and gave his life <clears throat> in service to Africans many years ago, 18th century, I think, I'm not sure. And he said this, if you really want to be happy in life, serve others. If you really want to be happy, serve others. I don't know if it's true. I'm 44 years a priest. If I had to do it over again, I would do it in a flash. Not even a question. Serving is powerful. Serving makes you feel like you're worth something. You've done something. You've offered something. Funny, I went to my first parish, and I didn't like this language. It never really connected with me, maybe in my earlier years of formation. But old Father Paul Konoski, a real crusty old Polish guy, uh, he even, his voice was crusty. Come on! That's how he talked, like McNulty, I think. And uh, I remember one day he said, only once I heard he says, I did I became a priest to save souls, to save souls. I didn't become a priest to save souls. At least that wasn't my, the way I would have put it. I became a priest to help people find peace and joy, love, faith, hope. I believe that, that through preaching, in particular teaching, we have the chance to 
open up the mysteries of faith in a way that we can deeply be satisfied, find the meaning of life. Maybe to find the ways of the Lord inside our lives. I really believe that God is saying, come close to me as you can. I will teach you how to be like me. I will teach you how to give life to others. I will teach you how to introduce people to hope. I will teach you how to help them find the power of love in their life. I am love. And if you know me, you know love. And if you know love, I will live in you and make you fruitful. So, in response to this word today, I, the responsorial psalm is precisely that. It is a response. And if our response today, tomorrow, next week, in two years, every day for the rest of our lives is, teach me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your ways.